Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Well, here we are, our summit podcast. We've promised it. We're delivering it. Brent Costello, Tim Payne, and... Wowzers. He's going to join us for the summit. I tell you what, Emma, you're the person that put this together. You knew it was a video pod. You could have done your hair. (laughs) Look at the lift in it. He's just got out of bed, Brent. (laughs) Well, I had a big birthday celebration last night, so straight into bed. Where did you head to? Uh, State Cinema saw Killers of the Flower Moon, so it's actually quite reserved and depressing good movie, but very sombre, so probably not the best way to spend a birthday, but good film. And uh, how old are you, Hamish? What did you turn? Uh, 24 now, so. And when you were 24, Tim? In his prime. <laughs> In Absolutely. his prime. Absolutely. See what, you guys have got to say, your backgrounds, you've put some work into it. Both of you. It looks fantastic. You on, on the video, Tim. What about the white wall? <laughs> Tell you what, Brent, the most impressive thing about your background, I can yeah. see your bookshelf. No, down underneath there, I think there's a Tim Payne, uh, the price paid there. Can you grab that one out for us? Yeah, I can. And I'd like you, to. I'm glad you, know. you read through it. I have. And I remember actually the day I brought it over to you, and I said, Do you mind signing this for me, Tim? And I thought you might have gone DM, you might have gone. Thanks very much for the support over the years, but all the wonderful stories you've done on me. I open it up. Uh, there it is. All he could manage was his signature hammer. When when not did a, I do that for you? Not even a two Brent. Not even a two when Brent. When did I do that for you? I bought it when I interviewed you, when it came out. I did a whole big bloody four-minute documentary on the did book you? being released to try and get you Jeez, a few tales. You could read the whole thing in that time. Hence why I thought I might get at least a two Brent, but no, it just went... Well, I'll tell you something else about our book. Before we get into uh, a little preamble of our podcast, I get sent every now and then when I'm away, I get sent stuff to hotels and the grounds that you arrive, these kind of bags that people want you to sign stuff. They normally come with like a pack of cards with your your name on it, obviously, and and whatnot. And this time... Where are you staying? How do they find out where you're staying? I don't know. They follow you back there like a store. It's kind of, uh, you mean you tend to stay at the same places a lot in the cities that you travel to. So, um, yeah, a lot of times you get there and you'll have that or I'll get to the ground and it'll be sent there. But this one, I got sent a big thing and I thought, oh, I don't know what this is. It might be a bloody bomb. I didn't know who was coming for me when I arrived in Adelaide (laughs) after the uh, CJ Bruton and Adelaide 36's debacle that I was involved in. I thought I was being a target. But anyway, I opened it up. And it had a couple of my books in it, which I haven't signed yet. And I must say, I just moved my laptop. I'm using two of them that they sent me at the moment to prop up the laptop screen. Paper so I'm at, a, I'm at a better height. So <laughs> to um, Desmond, I'll get that sent off to you soon, mate. But at the moment, we need these books. That's unbelievable. Yeah. They find it happens a lot. Day. Yeah, right. There you go. And there to most go. people... Oh, sorry, Hammer, Hammer's going with a gag here. I'll just no, I was just saying I've got a real book by Tresian professional, Felice Arena, Gary Lyon, Specky McGee. So. Specky McGee. You're probably a little old for that, Hamish, to be fair. I'll tell you what I've got here too. Magpie Memories. Guess who's written this? My old man, David Costello. History of the Club. You could get that one, Tim, and have a read. No, Being thank you. Being the current stuffy that you are. No, thank you. 
SEM book club. I think we need to get it. We should. We should. <laughs> another good idea. We've got Hammer Time coming in 24 and maybe book, book club after that. Now, I'm not sure when Hamish is going to upload this, Tim, but we saw the test match, the first test against Pakistan, wind up yesterday, a day early. What are you shaking your head for? You're not happy with, <laughs> with the day early finish? Mate, oh, I love the day. I would have preferred it to be slightly earlier because if it was slightly earlier, we would have had Travis Head and Alex Carey available for a game in a couple of days' time. Ah. So, uh, we were actually barracking for them to get it done in three days. We thought they should have declared earlier and got them out there and just skittled them. But anyway. What's the difference uh, between one day or not to play a well, game? Well, I dare say, Brent, when you win a test match, it's a fair bit goes into it and the players like to let their hair down. So I don't think they'll be available the next day or so. Um, I think now, this is what frustrates me with you. You bang on about the basketballers and they have to jump on a plane and play the next... What, what, you're contradicting yourself. Why can't uh, it... There's a slight difference between a 40-minute game, Brent, and a five-dayer. Yeah, but they're going to, on to play a 40-minute game. Sure, that doesn't... Not to, well, they've, like just played, they've just played four days in a row. Half the time spent inside, Tim. Four days in a row they played. Yeah. No problem. You're a professional athlete, according to you. Exactly. So now you rest and recover for the next five-day game. Go and play. No. Well, they've got also got five test matches in how long? Because it's been condensed this year. Um, start later. Test matches, test matches normally start in November. These have started mid-December because they've tried to reschedule things a little bit with the World Cup beforehand and whatever. So it's everything's been packed in really tight this year. So they've got five tests in five or six weeks. Tim? They go for five days, sport. Brent. Not 40 minutes sport. on an indoor court, mate. It's good for one sport. It's good for them all, mate. You can't pick your favourites. I'm not. It's a completely different kettle of fish. You're talking about a five-day game and a 40-minute game. So, yeah, big bash. You can just keep rolling them. Absolutely. Test matches, fair bit more goes into that. Mitchell Stark bowled 30-something overs in the first innings alone. In what heat? Like close to 40. We're talking about Travis Head and Alex Carey. Yeah, anyway. well, Alex Carey's been keeping. All right, move on. Uh, Nathan Lyon, your former test. The Gazza, the GOAT. 500. Amazing performance. What a player. What Amazing. a player. What a story. What a story. Blake started as a groundsman at the Adelaide oh. Oval, about 200 metres over my shoulder here, and has turned out to be, at the moment, the third test player that ever played for Australia to get 500 wickets, the eighth person ever in test cricket to go above 500 wickets. And I think looking at him bowl, I think everyone was probably a little bit worried when he did the calf, but he looks he looks great. And I know he's pretty driven to keep playing. I can't see anyone who's going to take his position at the moment around the country. With We haven't got the stocks. And that aside, he is by far, by far still the best spin bowler we have in this country. I can see him challenging 700. I was about to say, can he catch the great man Shane Warne? And you think he can? 200 I, think he, I actually think he can. It might sound ridiculous, but it's when we have a, they have a bit of a break, I think, after this summer of test cricket, about four or five months, and then I think it gets quite busy again. And he's spoken about playing in another Ashes series. He's spoken about trying to go to India again. So that that's a couple of years at least that he's looking to play. And he can be taking, you know, in an Ashes series at times, I think he's taken high 20s, maybe 30 wickets in a series. So, um, yeah, I certainly think 650. I think 700 would be amazing, but I know he's pretty driven. 
um, and he wants to keep playing. So, but you're right, it's it's one of the great stories that you know he was found here at the Adelaide Oval. He started obviously in in Canberra, but to be working here and invited to bowl to the South Australians in the nets, and then to be you know the third highest wicket taker for Australia is an incredible story. You there, Hammer? You're awake, mate. Yeah, I just wanted to mute to make sure I didn't. But you don't need me interjecting when we've got a former test captain talking about the <laughs> uh, test that's just happened. I, I guess for you, I'll, I'll take over. What did you think of uh, David Warner's things uh, and I guess his reaction to Shush afterwards? Yeah, I loved it. And I, th I thought it was pretty predictable what he was going to do. I think Davey's a hard-on-sleeve kind of guy, isn't he? And um, there'd been a lot of talk about his spot. Um, should he, shouldn't he be playing? Is he still good enough? And while Pakistan, you know, they're not a very good team at the moment, let's be completely honest. But as we touched on sort of back end of the World Cup in a lot of our shows, we thought he was playing just about as well as we'd ever seen him. And I thought the first innings he was he was sensational. I love seeing that. I, I, I don't love it. I wouldn't love it if I was that person, but I love it when lots of people start to write someone off and then they prove them wrong. Or he hasn't proved them wrong, but, he, you know, he does well. Um, and he celebrates how he wants to celebrate, which I thought was awesome. Because um, people are... Though that he doesn't care about all that, but then he went and... Oh, he cares. He <laughs> uses it as motivation. I No, I think he doesn't care. Like, it doesn't actually get him down. No. It, he, he thrives on it. Hmm. He cares about it that way, and he cares about his performance. He's a, he's a perfectionist. He's a performer. Um, and he's a bit the same as Lino in this fact that you know, a couple of years ago, people were starting to say, oh, we need someone else instead of Lyon. And, oh, we need David Warner. Now he needs to be replaced. David Warner is going to be someone that we're not – the people who don't want him there aren't going to appreciate him until he's gone. And I reckon the next couple of tests or however long he plays for, you just got to sit back and, and enjoy how good a player he is because we are not going to have that again for some time. An opener that can come out and change a game like that and, I mean, he doesn't – he's not quite at that level now. Don't get me wrong that he was five, six years ago. But that player five, six years ago, you don't see better batsmen than that. When he was in his prime in full flight, there weren't any better in the world, particularly in that position, opening the batting. And as we've touched on before, his ability to do it over all three formats is unmatched by anyone ever except for probably Virat Kohli. And to do it opening the batting has been extraordinary. So I want people to sit back, enjoy the last bits we get to see of David Warner because you just won't see it again. How's our 15-minute pod going? We've probably gone 15 already. Let's go to the BBL. Amazing start for the strikers. God comes to town like he has. <laughs> Had the boys primed, ready to go, Brent. And then, go. boom. Hey. And I'll tell you what was the most frustrating or funny thing about that was every single day for a week. We're throwing balls like you would not believe. I am, felt like I was melting into the pitch at the Adelaide Oval number two here. It was 30-something degrees every day. And then on game day, actually on Friday at about 3 o'clock, we were playing on the Saturday. It was hot all week. Friday, 3 o'clock, it rained, and it didn't stop till about Monday. It was unbelievable. But anyway, we've moved on. We're ready. We've just had to We let the boys go home. For a no, few days, we don't care about the strikers, mate. There you do. How are we you doing? guys? Let's, they are. Let's talk about the team we like. I'm going to bring you strikers' tops and hats home. Don't worry. Yeah, I've got this. This for you, Brent, for your cold helmet, your cold head during the summer. Oh, thanks. Not interested. Yes, Not you interested. are. Let's talk about a team hey, that has played. 
you can talk about it, but I don't want it. If you're going to take this energy towards the strikers, I don't want anything from you when we come to town and we're sitting top of the table and we probably win this big bash. I don't want you to turn around then and say, oh, the strikers this, the strikers that, all right? Well, would I? So keep your energy, Grant. Just because you're there, Tim, doesn't mean Hamish is honest. I know that. <laughs> what about the Hurricane start, boys? What did we think up at Utah Stadium? A very... A uh, low-scoring game in the end, but uh, they just did enough to hang on in the end. The Sixers went down to the final over, but they were good enough to get it done. Did you go up there, Hammer? Uh, yeah, I was covering it for Etienne, uh, Brett Gies, David Lifko, uh good call. I, I guess, obviously, being a professional, but a Hurricane supporter, it was disappointing because they got off to an amazing start. Like Caleb Jewell probably was seen the wicket as well as anyone, but I think the game just really showed the different in class and experience between the team. You look at the Sixers, they have guys like Moses Enriquez, Daniel Hughes, uh, Ben Dwarshus. They were all with Warden and just... I guess the most disappointing thing is I thought the Hurricanes had strengthened the middle order enough that in the past when there's been those collapses at the top order, I thought now that they've got a Sam Hain, maybe he could be the missing piece to kind of stabilise, resurrect an innings, but when you post a score like 140, even though it was a tricky wicket, the Sixers never really looked troubled, unfortunately. So yep. it's a disappointing start. Well, the Sixers know how to win. That's what they do. They, they can find a way to win from anywhere. But I agree. I thought the wicket at the start when Wadey and Julie were going, I thought this wicket looks unbelievable. And I don't know if it was the pitch that changed. Certainly the Sixers adapted. They brought Tom Curran on. They took the pace off the ball. A lot, and obviously the Hurricanes, a lot of their players want to get on with it and want to smack the ball. I thought that was a really good ploy from the Sixers to take the pace off and make the Hurricanes hitters try and generate their own speed. And it worked a treat. But I don't know, there was a few talk, talk chats about the wicket being a bit, having a few waves in it, but certainly on telly it looked really, really good. The outfield looked outstanding. And, and as I said, when Wadey and Julie were batting, it looked like the flattest wicket in the world and it just seemed to change um, within you know two or three overs. Let's go to the basketball. But some good news there. I did hear, sorry, Brent, is Riley Meredith. Yes. He's okay. Played great cricket a couple of yeah. days ago. He'll be good to go. So that's that's great news for him. It's great news for the Hurricanes and it's great news for Tassie Cricket because what we don't want is Riley spending more time on the sidelines. No. He, um, and he looked quick, didn't he, in that first over. So he's, he's what people come to watch Riley Meredith play when he's in full flight. So hopefully he can keep his body right and we can get more cricket out of him from... Um, a Hurricanes and Tasmanian point of view would be great to see. Yeah, felt for him in that moment. Thought it didn't look good, but yeah, yeah great cricketers you say on the weekend, which was good news. And they're back in action against the Scorchers in Perth on Wednesday night. The Jack Jumpers disappointing weekend, a tough weekend all the way over to Perth. Mate, and, how, how uh, do we expect them to win that? To travel from Perth and then to sit Hobart to Perth, Perth to Sydney. Well, Tim, that, that is, is like mission this impossible. Is, they're going to make a beef, movie but, about it, Brent. We couldn't possibly win that. Why Sydney played one game for the weekend though, and we've got to go over there and back here in the space of forty-eight hours. I just don't get. I, I get what you're saying, but surely we can have a fixture where you don't have to travel to Perth and play on the same weekend. I just. I, I know. You, you, well, you, now you can't travel to New Zealand and play on this. And now you can't travel to Perth. Where are we going to play? We're going to have a, a hub and just play here. Let's go and build a little NBL town. With like four grounds, and we can all stay there, and so we don't have to travel at all. 
You're contradicting it's a yourself. Claim. Making yourself look silly about How? the, Tell the me cricket how. stuff before. You can't, no, play you can't play a test match in the BBL. No, no, because no, you're a lightning test cricket to BBL. That's ridiculous. No, and I'm NBL. not. So if you want to have a discussion, sport v sport, we will talk about NBL and Big Bash. A Big Bash player can fly to Perth, play a game. Get on a plane, fly to Sydney, play a game. Fly to New Zealand, play a game. No issue. It's a two-hour game, a 40-minute game. Don't compare it to Test cricket and what those guys are putting their body through. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's chalk and cheese. Surely, though, Test match here, Test match here, you can have one BBL game in the middle, Tim. You're not playing a boxing day now. Surely that's not a big ask. Surely. Yeah, but Brent, they've the just played for four days, right? Yep. Yep. So you expect them to get on a plane today and and bear in mind they would have celebrated last night. So it's it's not they've won a test. One of their teammates has become the third Australian ever to take five hundred test wickets. That's they fine. are they're building a culture where you celebrate each other's success. They would have had a great night That's together. Fine. They would be risking injury to get on a plane after a big night and come and play. It's stupid. There's a test match that needs to be played next week. They are in that team, the Australian cricket team. So they are preparing themselves for the bet. That's Again, it's like saying the NBL players who play for the Boomers could have flown from wherever they played into another team and just picked that. They haven't trained 2020. They haven't been here around this group. They haven't been a part of this team. None of those test players have. So it wouldn't be fair on either. But you would have had them in the team, Tim, if they finished the day earlier, you said. So Absolutely. We would have tried. What's the difference then if they haven't trained with the team? We aren't in control of those players. Cricket Australia are. Yeah. We, we would obviously have them. Yes. So I don't but talk about Australia. training stuff because that doesn't matter. That doesn't well, it, matter. It actually it does as well. I mean, we would do it because it would be a great move for our franchise and our fans yes. to see them Correct. play here. But it wouldn't yes. be a great move for our team because no. they haven't been – Training, they're, they're not in that. You'd have they're not in that mindset. No, they're in the middle of a test series. It's not the end of a series. They are in the middle. Of, if that was the last test, maybe they would. But in the middle of a series, they are locked in to winning that series. You're not going to come out of an international series to play in a domestic competition in any sport. You're not going to. Cristiano Ronaldo is not going to be playing in a World Cup and fly back and play in a, a Champions League game. For Real Madrid or wherever he's now, that's fine if that's what they do. I'm just saying, <clears throat> when it comes to being able to, able to, they should be able. To. I mean, I know what you're saying. And yeah, I'm out of that to play, yeah. but physically, they should be able to. Is what yeah, I'm and I think, like I said, the mail we got was if it was a really early finish, like early day four or even day three, they probably would have made them available. So but as soon as it went over that? that threshold, they they played till eight o'clock nine o'clock last night our time yeah but why they have you just said you wouldn't pull them out to go and do that why would they do it if i not? wouldn't but they would because cricket australia who are in charge of them know there's a little bit of an issue with star power in the bbl so what yeah. they have said to the clubs is whilst it's not ideal and we wouldn't normally do it when it when we can we will try and get players back playing in the big bash only when we can and it's a good fit for them and their team but they are certainly going to try because of channel seven and fox and fans and members want to see the best players so they're going to try it's still going to be a huge ask for players playing a test match five day and then fly somewhere and play the next day so amanus will someone like that will 
but other guys whose workloads or the bowlers, you absolutely zero chance. Travis, maybe because he's just a batter. Kez will depend on his workload keeping and batting. Like there's so many variables in cricket compared to these other sports where it's totally controlled. I think we're talking about the jack jumpers. A disappointing weekend. <laughs> yeah, uh, Perth Friday night got so close, obviously, uh, led and controlled that game for a large chunk, and, and Perth worked their way back in front of 12,000 there at RAC Arena. Very tough and difficult place to play. Jordan Crawford was outstanding. Is it is the court a different size over there? No, no. Okay. No, just the hostility of the venue, Tim. Oh, the, the noise. Yeah. Yes. Right, the noise. Makes a big yeah. difference sometimes. I would have thought as a professional athlete. You know that, surely. Anyway, we could. Well, the crowd didn't worry me too much at all, to be honest. What what I found hard to adapt to was different conditions, different size grounds, uh, spinning pitches versus swinging and seaming or bounce, you know, all that stuff. But I just thought, you know, same sort of court and the same rings in the same position and all that would be pretty familiar. But anyway, I'll, I'll find out when we go to Swisher. Well, you will. We're exactly. one on one. And then the, the Kings yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to get uploaded, but we're recording this on a Monday morning. Um, just chasing our tail, weren't we, for, for the whole game, really? Well, I did get... not see it yesterday. I was too busy at training, and it was a 2 o'clock start here. 2 o'clock. Uh, I, I missed it. But are we Hamish was obviously there. You were obviously there. Are we concerned that we're not playing well, or are you putting it down to the fact that we played two very good teams? Or, as Brent would like to use an excuse, we played two very good teams and we had to travel on a plane. You want to go here, Hammer? You have a talk for it. Let me say more voice for a moment. I I think there's kind of a mix of all those factors. I think, as Brent acknowledged, they'd never used it as an excuse and wasn't like Scott Ross said it afterwards, but it was a tough uh, schedule. And I think yeah. that they should have won that game in Perth. They were up by 16. And I think when they expended that much energy and not get the win, I was a bit worried thinking you've got a fresh Kings team. But there were a number of factors. Of course, Milton Doyle, like a remarkable effort from him to come back from the States. I think it was only a day or two off the plane that he played in that Perth game. And obviously going through what he's been through, the father, <clears throat> like he's going to take some time to get better. But I guess the concern is that the league's so close that going into the round, it was considered Melbourne United top seed and then Jack Jumpers, the clear second behind them, where all it takes is one round and now all of a sudden it's Perth, Tassie, uh, of course, Sydney all bunched up together. So I guess that is the concern that with how close the league is, you can't afford to have one off week because all of a sudden, you know, the complexion of the ladders just changed completely. So... I don't think – I think they've got enough credits in the bank where you can't be too concerned, but it was definitely a costly round because even if they just won one of those games, it would have still kept their head above the rest of the pack. It's the beauty of the league, isn't it, at the moment? Well, it doesn't get any easier. We've got Illawarra on Saturday. No. But it doesn't get any easier for anyone either. So Perth no. could have that weekend next week, Sydney, Melbourne. Like, anyone can beat anyone. That's why it's so great to watch at the moment. But the second thing I took out of it was so refreshing not to hear the Jack Jumpers whinge about the travel. And and it is Brent. I do agree. Like it is difficult. It is a difficult ask, but it's not impossible. And they would they would be disappointed with their weekend whether they were playing on the moon. And never said it's impossible, Tim. Ever. It was refreshing to hear not hear the Jack Jumpers use that as an excuse. They just got outplayed, missed some opportunities. Let's have a have a look at these quick fire topics. Hammers Hammers got here for us now. I believe we'll get a decision on the high performance centre this week. Either Kingra. Or Rosny, 
I'd have Rosney in front at the moment, just from what I'm hearing around the traps. I don't know. There's no. What about just your personal preference rather than what you're hearing? Um, I think they could both work really well. Um, location probably Rosney. Um, setup, I'd go Twin Ovals. So again, Tim, I'm sitting on the. Fence. We haven't seen the setup properly though, have we, for Rosney? No, not not really. We just know what it will look like with yep. one main oval and one across the road on the golf course, but. Yep. Yeah, that's a really good precinct down at the Twin Oval. There's no doubt about that. And the it would get done quicker down there, down there I reckon, because it's Amish. half good already. Uh, I guess I'd probably go Kimber, but that's more personal bias because I uh, live on Mount Nelson, so I spend a lot of time there. And I agree with Bren, obviously, can't take too much from a concept. Uh, but I think the Twin Oval setup looks quite good. But at the same time, I can understand it being at Rosny. It's probably a bit more central to a lot of people. Yeah. I'd go Rosny, a couple of reasons. One, this will sound ridiculous, but players aren't going to like driving down there all the time. Well, that's the first thing. The jack jumpers do it, just for the record. Yeah. And most of them actually live yeah, there. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just telling you, they won't like it. Do you reckon the jack jumpers are going to come out and say, ah, we don't like going down there? Kingston's a, a nice place to live. It's just yeah, I'm not saying it's not. It's a beautiful place to live. I'm just saying it's the drive up and back all the time, they won't like it. I, know, I can tell you that from a cricketer's perspective. Okay. The second thing is, having played sport at the Twin Ovals, and I agree, it looked great. It's so windy down there that it actually affects the game and your training at times, and there's no wind block. There's no wind break. So the key to Rosny is it's really central. There's heaps of stuff around it. There's nothing around the Twin Ovals. You've got to drive five or ten minutes to go and get a coffee unless you're going to the Kingra Sports Centre to get an instant coffee. Paddy Cripps isn't going to Eastlands to get something from the Live Eat, though, is he? If he's playing, no, he might. Play. He might. You'd be surprised. The Tigers do go and sit up there and have a coffee together, or they go to the cafe, or you know, or Nando's, or Subway, or whatever. Just when you're coming in and out, and if you've got an hour in between sessions and all that sort of stuff. Okay. But the wind at the Twin Ovals for me is a massive issue, and I think at Rosney, if it's dug into the hill, it's perfect. You're sheltered. But I've played cricket down there. I've been to footy games you would have rent at the Twin Ovals when it just gets blown to one side of the ground. Yep. You come out and try and train in that, it's a debacle. And yep. I hope that's something that's being looked at. So, Rosny for me. Here's one for our AFLW correspondent, Hamish Spence. Ellie Gavalis Hammer traded from the Kangaroos. We know she fell out of the team towards the end of the season. Were you surprised, though, that she's back to the... Well, she was, was at the Bulldogs before she went to North Melbourne, wasn't she? She's back back there now, which is interesting. Uh, no, not too surprised. I think we said it on the show when she was dropped. She's too good a player not to be, you know, playing regular senior AFLW footy. I guess a change from her going from the uh, runner-ups to bottom of the table Bulldogs. But as you touched on, she does have that association with the Doggies program. So hopefully... She can you know get some good game time there and also be a real leader for the team. I, I guess the other two AFLW player movements was Lily Johnson, of course, originally from Tassie, but moved to Adelaide, uh, joined the power when they entered the competition, but she's now moved to the D's. So I guess interesting opportunity for her going to you know the Premier's only a couple seasons back. Uh, no, pretty top four teams. So hopefully she can get a spot there. And of course, Great to see Claire Ranson back in the league. She was a first-round pick with the Suns, uh, was on the inactive list this year, but now joining the Giants. So actually have a pretty strong Tassie group there, of course, uh, with uh, Megan Gaffney, uh, Brazendale, and even the potential that in tonight's AFLW draft, 
we're recording on a Monday morning, but a lot of people think Brook Barwick could end up there as well. So they could have four Tasmanians potentially pretty soon. Top three, he hasn't, he hasn't missed a thing. All right. That's why I went to him, Tim. I didn't come to you for that. Uh, well, Hamish, why is it just me or has there been, is it trading becoming more of a thing now in the AFLW as well? I think that's fair to say. I think a big fact is even though, you know, the contracts are nowhere near the men's, it has increased to a point where you no longer have women who have to stay in their state necessarily. And I think the perfect example of that is you see it with the Tasmanian girls before everybody would nominate North Melbourne where in tonight's draft, nobody's nominated for that North Melbourne Academy sign. Everybody's gone nationals to get their... Stupid. What, what's the point of it? And you have to wonder, like we've talked about the partnership a bit at this point, but apart from getting the home games, how is it now really any different uh, to the relevant men's? Yeah. Like they they you pigeonhole, pigeonhole yourself and nominate yourself for one club. I love it. I love that the girls are just bypassing them. Well, yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Well, they said when they set up the club, Carvalhoen, I think, was the then CEO that they wanted half their list to be Tasmanian, where now I think they only have the third or fourth most Tasmanians on their list in the league. Now there's more at Essendon and Gold Coast, so it's become yeah. a bit arbitrary apart from the two home games we get here each year. Just quickly, too, Brighton's been announced as the team that will be in the Premier League when footy goes back to regional footy in southern Tasmania in 2025. That was a bit of a no-brainer, I think. A no, no great surprise. Well, just due to the fact of their facility. They've got a beautiful brand-new facility out there. They've got some good numbers coming through. It's now, that just, was nowhere. It's just, it's just failed in the Tasmanian Cricket Premier League. Why? Do you know? Well, I'd say numbers, wouldn't, wouldn't you? Well, I, I, I don't know. We'd have to that. ask someone. But I know that, that they brought them in a few years ago, started them in the lower grades, built them up. They got to second grade. And this year, they're done. They're not there yeah. anymore. So, well, I mean, I know it's a huge growing area and there's lots of facilities out there, but you still need people that are actually playing the game and playing the sport. Be, and Brighton haven't been that strong a club. Is it a cricket place. problem, Tim? Not a, uh, Maybe. Well, we're about to find out, I guess, aren't we? Got to have a brand new high school out there in the next yeah. couple of years. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe cricket went a touch early. Yeah, maybe it's a three four year down the track plan, but yeah, it certainly didn't work out as they would have liked. So, but we hope it does because we want that footy underneath system and league to be thriving to to push our VFL team and an AFL team forward in the coming decades. And just to finish up, lads, a good week for the Tigers WNCL side last week. They looked dead and buried in game two against South Australia last week and some wonderful batting uh, for the middle, middle and lower order got us over the line, which was outstanding. So we're Thank flying Smith. competition. How, would South, how much would South Australia love coming to Blunston Arena? We knocked them over last year in that final. We've got them twice this year. and might have been fair, I don't year. think there's many teams that like coming to Blunston no. in the WNCL because we've been so successful for a number of years and we're looking like we're on the right track again, Breno, which maybe we could learn something for the Hurricanes and stay more local. Yeah, maybe. Keep yeah. The, try and keep your group together. We've seen it work in the WB, uh, in the BBL with the Perth Scorchers. The Sydney Six is very consistent with their playing list. Um, maybe that's something we can look at at Cricket Tasmania is to bring the WNCL and the WBBL teams really closely together because like we spoke about with the Sydney Six of men, the Tigers women's team just know how to win. They find a way to win, and that's quite a powerful thing. So maybe pick a very similar 11 in the Big Bash and see how we go. 
Now, before we go, um, I'm talking about our backgrounds. Are you in your bedroom, Hammer? Where are you, please? Right uh, now. No, no, I'm in my bedroom. It's uh, no everyone in my household is getting up for work, so I need to keep it quiet. I've kept my fingers crossed all uh, recording that usually my dogs are quite arky in the morning, but thankfully they haven't barked or found a post. Have you, have you got enough Nivea there behind you? Oh, that's where I was going. <laughs> I saw it too. Hey, I, Brent, saw it. I don't want to go there, but what's he doing with all that Nivea? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, I've got dermatitis on my hands. So. Oh, yeah. dermatitis, eh? Yeah. Oh, the other thing I've noticed as well is there's Hamish Spence on the screen. There's Brent Costello. And our man just rolls with the one name, Tim. Like Beyonce yeah. or Elton or Kanye. <laughs> yeah. It's just Tim. And yeah. everyone knows him as Tim. Yeah. Well, that, was, that might have been our best show of the year. No, I hope so. Oh, I reckon we make them all this quick. <laughs> Well, it was meant to be 10 minutes. How long has it gone, Hammer? I think nearly half an hour. So right. it's, it's been good content. Gives Hammer a bit of time to cut some stuff out. Same yeah. stuff, really. Just me and you arguing about travel and teams playing. And... <laughs> I think if there's a market for NBL, BBL travel, we've got it <laughs> covered. We'll find out how many views it can get because I think we've pretty much covered every angle we can. Yeah. If <laughs> Why don't we bring both of them together and tra- like we can have the Tassie Jack Jumpers and, the, and the, you fly to Sydney, they play the Kings, you play the Sixers, you get, we just yes. mirror each other. It'd be yes. brilliant. Or the Jack Jumpers could play in the BBL, have a hit and, uh, you know. Too much. Anyway, I'm talking, now we are talking rubbish. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening if, you, if you've got through this far. And we, we hope to do this every week. Um, so we'll talk to you next week with a bit of luck. Enjoy your week, whatever you're doing. See you, gents.